The NFC South division title is on the line on Sunday afternoon at Bank of America Stadium. And while the Carolina Panthers cannot win the NFC South, they will have a say in who does. We'll break it all down on this final Locked On NFL crossover Thursday edition of Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers and Locked On Bucks podcast. We are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Talking Carolina Panthers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers respectively every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe to Locked On Panthers and Locked On Bucks or follow the shows for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council. Get all my thoughts on the Carolina Panthers and follow James Yarko, the host of Locked on Bucks on Twitter at jyarko underscore Bucks. James, we got a big game coming up here this Sunday as the Buccaneers. They can win the division. The Carolina Panthers will have a say in whether that will be the case. But today's episode is the final, potentially, for Lockdown Bucks, but definitely for Lockdown Panthers. Lockdown NFL crossover Thursday brought to you by friends over at Price Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash Lockdown NFL and use code all lowercase Lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, James, we're here once again. Late in the season, the NFC South title is on the line. The Panthers and the Bucks are playing, except this year, the Panthers cannot win it. And this year, the Bucs, again, can win it, but they're going to have Baker Mayfield as their starting quarterback. I'm excited to see how this matchup is going to play out on Sunday. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, though. Uh, I think a lot of, of my listeners and viewers didn't think that this game was going to mean anything heading into last weekend until New Orleans decided to slap Tampa in the face and they had absolutely no response at all. Um, but, you know, it, at least we can all come together as a division you myself Aaron Freeman Ross Jackson and none of us have to listen about how the division winner did it with a losing record like that's not going to be a thing this year I suppose that is something we can all uh, come together around. I don't know (laughs) how many Panther fans really want to hear that, uh, but I guess it's better that the division champion had a winning record opposed to an eight, nine division champion like last year or a seven and 10 division champion. And that would lead many Panther fans to think, what if they just would have been a little bit competent, not a little bit more competent, a little competent because that has not been the case (laughs) all season long, but it should be, an interesting game. And honestly, I'm happy it comes down to week 18. We're seeing across the NFL. It's great there's an extra week. Uh, the only good thing about it is it's more money in the owner's pockets. Not you and I's pockets, really, but in the owner's pockets because there's plenty of play- starters that aren't playing. And I understand, had there been 17, 16 games, 17 weeks, we saw the same scenario. But it just seems to be exasperated this year. But it's good that at least these games matter. And it's good, in my opinion, because looking at one of the top storylines, it's Baker Mayfield. Former Panthers quarterback coming back to Charlotte potentially to win the hoist, which there's not really a trophy, but the hoist the NFC South division title, man. What are you looking at as far as the biggest storyline heading into this matchup? 
It's a, a dual headline, I think, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number one, it's how do they respond after how poorly they played against the New Orleans Saints in a game that already could have clinched the division for them. Yeah, as I as I mentioned before, New Orleans slapped them right in the mouth, and the Buccaneers had no answer. They played bad on offense. They played bad on defense. Even their you know all pro caliber punter had a terrible day. It was one of those everything that could go wrong will go wrong kind of days. But also the sub headline for the Buccaneers is the health of Baker Mayfield. He took a late shot on a play by Tyron Matthew and injured his ribs pretty bad. He didn't participate in practice on Wednesday. Uh, granted, it was a walkthrough, but Todd Bowles had said if this had been a normal practice. Baker was a, a DNP. He he did not participate. And so there's some questions surrounding the health of him and, and those ribs that are injured, not broken, but pretty sore. Baker Mayfield was adamant, though, uh, when he spoke to the media. He said division is on the line. Playoffs are on the line. Playing in Carolina, I'm going to do everything I can to play. So, uh, you know, it's it's one of those situations where we've seen the side of Baker Mayfield that has gone out there and played when he shouldn't trying to battle through an injury, trying to help his team and ended up being more of a hindrance than a help. Is that same thing going to happen this week in a you know, literal must win game? I mean, the playoffs for the Buccaneers start this week. You win, you move on, you lose your season's over. Yeah, we love to use the term must win games all the time. Like the team will be 0-2 to start the season and history will tell you, start 0-3, you're likely not going to the playoffs. You start 0-2, you're likely not going to the playoffs, but you can still get to the playoffs by, you know, of course, winning yeah. plenty of games down the road. Like the season doesn't end there at 0-3 or at 0-4. It did count for the Carolina Panthers at 0-6, of course, but this absolutely is a must win game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers down where was it? I think the Saints, they're playing in New Orleans, the Saints Falcons, where the hell that game is being played. That, of course, is a must-win game for both those teams if they want to have a chance to go to the playoffs. Now they need the Carolina Panthers to step to the plate and do something they've only done twice so far this season, but they have not done it yet in 2024. New year, new Panthers, maybe. Unfortunately, same owner, David Tepper. He is the top storyline here in Carolina after his outburst his temper tantrum at the Jag Stadium on Sunday where he disposed of a drink on a fan. I don't know what at what point in the game it was, but it seemed to be late into the game after the Carolina Panthers were being blown out 26 to nothing uh, by the Jaguars who were starting C.J. Beathard, a team that had lost four straight games, just took the Panthers behind the woodshed. Not anything we haven't seen so far this season, but a whole new level of sadness for the Panthers. David Tepper decided that what he was going to do in response to his team losing the team that he has driven into the ground with his poor decision making and all of the interactions he's had is let's go ahead and throw a drink on a fan. Well, what did that do for David Tepper? $300,000 fine, which is basically a dollar for you and me and for David Tepper pretty much. And he sent out a statement where he didn't even apologize, James. He said, I am deeply passionate about this team and regret my behavior doesn't apologize for his behavior, but regrets it. And he says that his passion is why he did that. So he basically sounds like any Panthers person on Twitter that tells me to go F myself after a game as if I've done anything to them. It's not my fault your team sucks. Uh, but that's basically what David Tepper is saying. My passion, that's what led me to do this. And he also said that I should have let the NFL stadium security handle any issues that arose. Not that he should have been an adult and not thrown his drink on the person that he could have closed the window, but that he should have gotten security 
involved. He's just an embarrassment to the Carolina Panthers, to himself, to the league, and how owners are supposed to conduct themselves. I don't really care what the fans said. And certainly, there are cases in life where you really would like for someone to just have it and throw a drink in their face or give them a nice one to the kisser. But you can't do that. That's not what you do, especially when you are representing the National Football League. So that has been the biggest storyline here in Carolina. And secondarily, looking at the game, actually, it's Baker Mayfield coming back to Charlotte. Last year, the Panthers failed to facilitate a timely trade on night two of the draft. They decided that instead, let's panic, trade up for Matt Corral, who's no longer in the league here in this 2023 regular season. Wish him all the best with whatever he's dealing with in his personal life. But that was always a terrible decision. Waited until July 5th to decide to bring in Baker Mayfield. We couldn't touch a playbook until right before training camp where they decided we spent all offseason trying to get rid of Sam Darnold. Let's have a quarterback competition. So it wasn't until the final week of the preseason, two weeks before the season, where Baker Mayfield was actually quarterback one. So it's not a surprise that he was god-awful once he got to the regular season and the Panthers decided to move on after he had his ankle injury, looked bad against the Ravens, and then Baker has played pretty well. Baker Mayfield's a guy who's always had that chip on his shoulder, always would blow out TCU because they didn't want to give him a chance as a quarterback. True freshman walk-in at Texas Tech with Oklahoma. He typically steps up in these situations. Didn't beat the Browns last year here in Carolina. But playing against a bad Panthers team with the division title on their line, that is absolutely a massive storyline. Don't let that guy, who I have a lot of respect for, come in here and celebrate on your home field. So it'll be interesting to see how things play out. But we have storylines that we've talked about. We also have some matchups to look at. And I know it's definitely from the Buck side. You guys, of course, are very leaned into what matchups should be in your favor on Sunday. So we'll talk about that here in just a moment on this Lockdown NFL crossover Thursday edition of Lockdown Panthers and Lockdown Bucks with me, Julian Council, and him, James Yarko. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organize one part of your space and you want to tackle another, or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strength so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge celebrate the progress you've already made visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp h-e-l-p.com slash locked on Back here on Locked On Panthers and Locked On Bucks, it is a Locked On NFL crossover Thursday presented by our friends over at Prize Picks. I'm Julian Council, the host of Locked On Panthers. He is James Yarko, one of the hosts of Locked On Bucks, and we are talking about the Titanic matchup. The NFC South Division is on the line on Sunday at Bank of America Stadium. The Panthers can't win it. The Bucks can, though, and Vegas thinks the Bucks will. And I think a lot of people also believe the Bucks will. I guess that will be James. We'll talk about our predictions here momentarily. James, looking at this game. It was not that long ago. These two teams faced off. The Buccaneers somehow let this and that Panthers offense score 18 points, score two touchdowns. What matchups are you looking at from that game now looking at this game that could favor the Bucs on Sunday afternoon? Yeah, I, I remember the crossover heading into that game when you said that the Panthers are only allowed to score one touchdown. Uh, and in fact, they scored two. And that's a big reason for my key matchup. It's the Bucs defense against the Panthers run game. And that was a run game that was incredibly effective against the Buccaneers. 
uh, in that in that matchup, Chuba Hubbard, one of two running backs this season to rush for over 100 yards against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The other one was DeAndre Swift, but Hubbard over 100 and two touchdowns. So it doesn't matter if it's Hubbard. It doesn't matter if it's Sanders. It doesn't matter if Bryce Young finally decides to, you know, take off and, and run with the football because, you know, there's no pocket to throw from. The Buccaneers have to be disciplined enough to stop the run game. When they have been at their best this year during that win streak, it has been because they have been able to stop the run, the Panthers game notwithstanding. They have been able to turn teams like the Green Bay Packers and the Jacksonville Jaguars into one-dimensional offenses, and that has allowed Todd Bowles to take his defense, take his playmakers, and tee off on guys like Trevor Lawrence, guys like Jordan Love, where he can send blitzes from all angles, from all alignments, and force mistakes. They were able to take the ball away from the Jaguars for times because they knew there was no threat of the run game so the number one focus has to be stop the run they couldn't do it last week against the saints alvin kamara had a good day uh and and uh williams had a a really good day when kamara went out with an injury so focus on the run game and force Bryce Young and the passing offense of the Carolina Panthers try to beat you that is the best way for success for this team yeah, I did tell you that they're only allotted one touchdown per game. After that, no touchdowns against the Saints, none against the Falcons in that victory, had four against Green Bay, then none against the Jags. So it feels like scoring two touchdowns that week, they had to they had to give up a couple games where they didn't score a touchdown at three, and then they had four in one game. So I'm very curious what their, their allotment is. I think it's still one. Maybe it's plus two on Sunday. I'm not quite sure what the allotment for touchdowns for the Carolina Panthers is Sunday when they face off against the Bucs. But yeah, the, the key matchup absolutely for Carolina is to be able to run the football because they were in that game against Tampa and they yeah, had an absolutely. opportunity. And I am just Thomas Brown key card. Monday comes on Monday. I'm not going to sit here and celebrate the man losing his job. I wish him the best of luck. All these guys honestly hope that they can find an opportunity and for Thomas Brown to be a play card in the NFL. It's probably gonna be a long road back after looking at how things have worked out this season. I certainly do feel for him in that manner, but God, he just, at the end of that game, I didn't understand third and one. Okay. You want to throw the ball. Cool. But you're having success on the ground. Why not hand the ball to Chuba Hubbard? Didn't do it on third and one. Didn't do it on fourth and one had the ball in Bryce Young's hands, which I guess that's why they trade up to number one to do, but we've seen that hasn't always worked out to their benefit so far this season. Besides green Bay, Houston, and Atlanta in the driving rain. But they need to lean on Chuba Hubbard. That matchup, the Panthers' offense line, it's still banged up. Gabe Jackson likely going to be back there starting at right guard. We'll see at left guard. Cade Mays went out with an injury last week. They had to bring in Nas Jensen, the undrafted free agent at North Dakota State. Maybe he starts at left guard. That's been one of the big stories of the season. At no point did they have Brady Christensen, their starting left guard, or Austin Corbett, their starting right guard, together on the field. They're going to end up missing a combined 29 games. You're just not going to have success in the NFL, no matter who you are. And, and the Bucs, they, they, you dealt with that last year with the offensive absolutely. line injury. So you, you absolutely understand just how difficult it is to have a successful offense when that's the situation of your offensive line, no matter who your quarterback is. But the Panthers need to lean on the run game. They ran the ball well against Tampa. They did the same against the Saints after that and in that win against Atlanta. The last couple of weeks, didn't run the ball well against Green Bay. Yes, Bryce Young looked outstanding, but they didn't have a run game they could really lean on. Against Jacksonville, they tried to establish it. No dice there. 
absolutely, first and foremost, have to control the line of scrimmage. It's really that simple as far as this game of football goes and be able to run the ball, take pressure off of Bryce Young at home against the Buccaneers. So this is a key matchup. Who are some of the key players you're looking at who could turn the tide here in this game on Sunday, James? You know, I think I've said Antoine Winfield Jr. about, I don't know, we're, we're at game number 17. I think I've said his name 15 times. Um, and then this, this one might be the low-hanging fruit, but to me, the biggest key player in this game is Baker Mayfield. Like, this is this is the guy that has exceeded expectations for a lot of people this season. He has played extremely well. We're talking career high in completion percentage, career high in passing yards, career high in passing touchdowns. He's had a great year, even with the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows of the, the offense this season, with Dave Canales kind of learning as he, as he goes through his first year as an offensive coordinator here. But you're coming off that injury, which is going to impact him some way, shape, or form, whether it's his throwing velocity, whether it's his arm strength, whether it's his inane ability to escape sacks and, and break tackles and buy time to either take off and run or throw the ball. Against this Panthers team the first time around, we're talking under 50% completion percentage. We're talking under uh, 200 total passing yards when you account for the sacks. Uh, a touchdown and, and an interception like that's not going to get it done in a must win game because as bad of a season as the Panthers have had, they're not going to just roll over and lay down and let Tampa take this. They want to play spoiler. They want to ruin the first game of the year for Bucks fans. They want to go out on a high note and say, look, we take pride in what we do and we know that we're not there yet, but we still want to win football games. That's what we're out here to do. So just like the Saints weren't going to lay down last week, the Panthers aren't going to lay down this week. And Baker's the guy that, that got you to this point. He needs to be the guy that steps up and finishes it. Yeah, Panthers interim head coach Chris Tabor, for some reason, was asked by someone in the media, would he be resting any starters as if this team has a playoff game next week or in two weeks? I, I don't really understand the question. Uh, maybe just trying to preserve guys' future for the next coaching staff. That seems ridiculous. But he came out and said, no, everyone is healthy is going to play. Brian Burns has talked about, if we're going to be home, why not send someone else home as well? They they might have done out with Atlanta. We'll see, depending on the result of game on the game on Sunday. Uh, but, of course, they wanted to do that last week. Couldn't do it. Derek Brown's talked about having pride. Pro Bowl's coming out. Maybe he's a Pro Bowler. I imagine he should be with 96 tackles this season as a defensive tackle. Been outstanding. But that's a team that they're going to show some pride. And Bryce Young's someone that I think is important because this season – as soon as the Panthers decided that, nope, we're not going to do the bridge thing with Andy Dalton, we're going with Bryce Young, and they decided that way back in June of last year that that's what they wanted to do. This was always about the development of Bryce Young. We saw some of the flashes against Houston. We saw it against Atlanta. We saw in a big way, finally, against Green Bay, and then it was a step back last week because the offensive line can't protect him. Can he find a way to have success on Sunday with help with the run game, and can the Panthers get one good feeling heading into the offseason as they – try to find a new coaching staff that can build this team around Bryce Young as their franchise quarterback. So he's definitely the player that I'm looking at, but of course, you need that run, that run game to help him out on Sunday. On the other side, we'll come back and we'll talk about what it's going to take for the Panthers to win their third game of the season. What's going to take for the Bucs to be NFC South Division champs for the third year in a row, James? Three years Three. in a row, possibly. They've and, never done it. And we'll also talk about our predictions, and I do have one question for James in the future for one former Panther there 
in Tampa. Now it's coming up here with me, Julian Council, I'm James Yarko on this Lockdown NFL Crossover Thursday edition of Lockdown Panthers and Locked on Bucks. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, one final segment here, probably probably for the year here, for, well, at least for Lockdown Panthers, but possibly for the year for Lockdown Bucks on this Lockdown NFL crossover Thursday as we preview this NFC South. It's not a de facto title game. Last year was, but this is not. But a chance for the Buccaneers to end up being NFC South Division champs for the third straight year and a chance for the Panthers to tell the Bucks, hey, right here, sit next to us on the couch and watch the rest of the playoffs coming up next weekend. But before we get into our predictions and talk about what each team must do to win, I have a question for you, James. Baker Mayfield, yeah. he has mm-hmm. obviously exceeded expectations that you had, and I imagine that everyone had there in Tampa Bay, outside of the people in an organization who may be lying, but they'll tell you they always believed in Baker Mayfield. What is his future? Is he going to be the guy moving forward in Tampa Bay? And I imagine Todd Bowles, is he going to remain there if they indeed win or even if they lose? It's really wild how one game can really make things go in two very polar opposite directions. So I do I do know that the Buccaneers have serious interest in retaining Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has serious interest in staying in Tampa. He loves the organization. He loves the area. His wife loves the area. They've already embedded themselves in the community with charities, uh, expecting their first child. They've talked about, you know, they would love to, to stay there. So there is that interest. But as much interest as there is there, it's not solely up to Baker and you know, the organization as it stands right now, because if the Buccaneers go on a four game win streak, then lose to the Saints and lose to the Panthers to close out the season. Questions about Todd Bowles job will come up again. And if Todd Bowles leaves, that means Dave Canales is one and done as an offense coordinator in Tampa. Whoever the new head coach is, is going to bring in his own staff. Whoever that staff is are going to have an idea as to who they want as the quarterback. It might be Baker but it might not be. So I I think Baker likely ends up with a short-term extension, two, maybe three years. Um, But all of that hinges on whether or not the Todd Bowles staff stays. So, um, you know, I I know Jason Light and, and Todd Bowles and those guys loved Baker Mayfield last year. They were talking, they were doing their due diligence about orchestrating a trade uh, with Cleveland to get Baker Mayfield before Tom Brady unretired. So the interest has been there for a while. Uh, and they were finally able to get together this season. But 
you know, as much as a lot of people would like Baker to stay, as much as I think it would be good for the organization to have the same head coach, offensive coordinator, and quarterback for at least a second year into potentially a third and a fourth, um, a lot of it hinges on what happens Sunday. So say they do lose. You talk about Dave Canales, and a lot of people have talked about him and the job he's done with Baker Mayfield, potentially being a head coach one day. Would that not be something that the Light family would want to do? Well, not the Light family, the uh, Glazer family want to do? Uh, I, I won't, yeah. yeah, I won't rule it out because we saw them do it with Raheem uh, Morris. You know, John, John Gruden was fired, and Raheem Morris was promoted from a cornerbacks coach to a defensive coordinator for like three days and then promoted to head coach. I think at this stage, Dave Canales is still too raw as, as an offensive coordinator, as an offensive mind to then take on the responsibilities of a head coach. Ultimately he would be set up to fail. And, and I like Dave too, Canales. in the past with um, who was with Jameis Winston, who is the oh, uh, dirt, the, dirt cutter? cutter. Yeah. So that's but, okay. Yeah, but at the same time, Dirk Cutter had multiple years of offensive sure. coordinator experience. Sure, sure. So, um, yeah, I, I I like the growth that I've seen out of Dave Canales, but he needs more than one year as an offensive coordinator if he's going to take on uh, a head coaching job. Okay, that's fair. Just two questions. I, I was curious about Baker's uh, future. Of course, he's been here. He may stick her in the division, and it'll be interesting to see how things play out on Sunday. Now, of course, the Buccaneers probably need to win uh, to ensure that Baker, and even that might even ensure they'll be back. So what do the Bucs need to do to win this game on Sunday? What must go right for Tampa? They need to go back to what made them so successful for the month uh, that they won every game. Essentially, you know, going back against the Panthers, Rashad White, over 100 total yards. He was a big factor in the run game and the passing game. Last week, he barely had 60 total yards. The run game was non-existent. The Buccaneers rushed for 57 yards as a team. During their win streak, they were rushing for over 115 a game. That's the kind of offense they have to run. There was no creativity. There was no... uh intelligence for lack of a better term in the offensive play calling. And that's, that kind of goes back to what I've talked about. We've seen growth of Dave Canales, but we've also seen that he's a rookie. And so for the Buccaneers to win this one, go back to what worked run through the air and at the same time, establish the run game when you're forcing the defense to be back on their heels during, you know, in the passing game. So it, it needs to be, a smart game plan. It needs to not go back to run, run, pass, punt, which is essentially what we saw early on out of Dave Canales, and then what we saw Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. Utilize Rashad in the in the passing game. Utilize Kate Otten. And by the way, you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and they were getting double digit targets over the course of the four game win streak last week. They combined for eleven inexcusable you can't you can't have chris godwin getting his first target in the second half use the guys that got you here and you'll win the game yeah that's good point um for the panthers i talked about earlier got to run the football you had success running against tampa bay a couple weeks ago when you had success in that winning against atlanta you ran the ball well they have not done it the last couple weeks have to find a way to take the pressure off of bryce young if you're able to run the ball that means you're controlling the line of scrimmage that means you're in a situation where you can go to play action 
can go under center, mix some things up, have a mix of run and pass, have Bryce Young probably more comfortable and in the game. It cannot be a complete and total drop back offense, which it's been the last couple of weeks due to the score and also the inability to run the football. When that's the case, we see this offensive line is god awful in pass protection and that Iki Aquanu, he's given up 18 sacks, man. 18 sacks. You just cannot put him in a situation where it's a money down, third down long, and Bryce Young got to sit back there, and he's got to get rid of the ball quickly to a receiver that's probably not wide open, but not open at all, rather. And if he gets it to the receiver, they'll likely drop the ball like DJ Chark did three times in one single drive last week. So, yeah, be able to run the football, take the pressure off of Bryce, but give Bryce an opportunity, if he can get comfortable in the game, to go out there and maybe do half what he did against Green Bay a couple weeks ago. And they can't give up a big play. I think about this when they played a couple weeks ago. Is really the difference in the game was that Mike Evans touchdown, 75 yards on that one play. The Panthers had just taken the lead, held it mm-hmm. for like like four, five seconds before Mike <laughs> Evans is racing uh, down the sideline. And right before that, J.C. Horn was not in the game. He had just come back from his hamstring injury. Chris Tabor and the coaching staff had him on a snap count and basically didn't play the second half. And you saw how big of an impact it played in that game. You go back to last year, week 17 in that game, where Mike Evans had a massive day against Keith Taylor, who's no longer here, and C.J. Henderson. J.C. Horn got hurt the week before that in their blowout win of the Lions. If he plays that game last year, possibly the Panthers win the division, and Steve Wilkes is the head coach here, and we're not having this kind of conversation we're having right now. If he's out there against Mike Evans a couple weeks ago, it's quite possible the Panthers would have won that game. If he's able to play on Sunday, which right now is up in is in, in question because he has a toe injury where he was active on Sunday, but then after the actives, the inactives came out, he said, actually, I can't go. Didn't practice on Wednesday. was limited. We'll see whether that's going to be the case, but they don't give up big plays. They have a chance to beat this offense that didn't really go up and down the field on them a couple weeks ago. So run the ball well, protect Bryce, give him an opportunity to, to make some plays with receivers if they even catch the football and don't give up big plays. The betting line over at FanDuel, our official sportsbook here of the Locked On Podcast Network, is four and a half with the Bucks, of course, being favored. James, the Bucks got to have some pride, have to find a way to win this game, right? Are you taking the Bucks to win or is it going to be an upset? If the Buccaneers want to have any confidence in their ability to win a postseason game, they have to come in and they have to dominate. It can't be 21 to 18. It can't be as close as it was the first time around because the Bucs are a better roster. They are a better coached football team most of the time. And the game flat out should not be that close. What did they learn from the loss to the Saints? How much confidence do they have in themselves? And and now that they're not feeling themselves and reading their press clippings, uh, I think they come back swinging. And I I will take the Bucks to this to win this one, twenty seven to ten. If the Panthers lose, they'll become the first team in NFL history to go two and fifteen. The Panthers have not led at any point this season. In the fourth quarter, which is the latest it's ever happened in an NFL season. Shockingly, they've done that and they've still won two games. I feel like they're going to pull it all the stops. I don't necessarily believe they'll win this game, but I will pick the Panthers to at least cover in this game against Tampa Buccaneers, who I do believe will come into Charlotte and will end up being 
the NFC South division champions and host either the Cowboys or Eagles next week. And we saw how that went last year. So I bet it'll probably be the same result, which is fine. Three straight division titles. You might've found a quarterback at least for the next couple of seasons. And Hey, you, you built, you're building post Tom Brady, post Bruce Arians. I don't think that'd be a bad situation at all, but I know Bucks fans probably want more. (laughs) Well, and they're doing it with $81 million in dead cap this season. So with a little money to spend next year, uh, things could continue in an upwards trajectory. Yeah, and why I came out and said back in August, August the Bucks stink because the, the cap situation, Baker, <laughs> I didn't see it happening. But hey, jokes on me. The Panthers stink. Bucks fans, you got the final laugh. Maybe, maybe we'll find out on Sunday afternoon. That's going to wrap up this Lockdown NFL crossover Thursday edition of Lockdown Panthers with me, Julian Council, Lockdown Bucks with him, James Yarko. Again, check out our shows over on YouTube, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, free and available everywhere. And be sure to check me out, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council and James Yarko on Twitter at JYarko underscore Bucks. We'll be back on Friday to continue to break down this game. And I will be live on Sunday here on my YouTube channel where you Bucks fans can laugh at me if the Panthers do lose. So check that out. Check James out. Check all of us out. And thank you so much for checking us out here on this Locked NFL Crossover Thursday edition of Locked on Panthers and Locked on Bucks.